Hey guys, I want to welcome you to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LaHue and we are going to be talking about Enneagram Type 3 today and some of the key patterns that are mentioned in the book by Beatrice Chestnut, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up. Fantastic book. Okay, so before we get started, I just want to remind you in the description below is a link to my website, TomLahue.com, where you can book Enneagram coaching appointments, relationship coaching, whatever I can do to help. Um, also, there is information about the certificate programs I offer and Enneagram coaching, um, all kinds of different uh, classes that I teach, and uh, those are available on the website. <clears throat> you can check that out. And also, there's an events page if you want me to come on site and train your staff or your team or your nonprofit organization in Enneagram so that they can be more effective and productive and interact more positively with each other. I'd love to meet your people. You can find out all that information there at the website. So let's talk about type three today and um, some of the pitfalls or difficulties or hardships, uh, challenges, blind spots that type threes face. You know, type threes are very successful people or they're, they're oriented towards being a success and have a fear of failure and can be quite productive people. Although sometimes um, if they're not careful, there can be a little bit of a hollowness uh, if they're not careful uh, to stay connected to their core and realize that that over-identifying with how they're coming across to people or their persona is not necessarily uh, the true self. And so getting to know yourself is a good thing for type, type threes. But threes may have a hard time slowing down and uh, you know taking time to get in touch with their feelings taking time to get in touch with what they really want in life. Uh, they can find themselves so driven to please others or to uh, win other people's approval and admiration and respect uh, and to be seen as a important, hardworking, industrious person, a competent person, that they could at times lose sight of what do you really want in life. Uh, if you weren't giving all of your energy to all of this accomplishing and achieving, what would you really care about? And is your care about that meaningful to you? Are you doing something that is meaningful to you? Or do you find yourself just jumping through one hoop after another and delaying happiness? One day, <clears throat> at some point in my future, I'll be happy. But right now, I've got to stay I've got to stay uh, focused on pushing forward on the next goal, on accomplishing uh, the next uh, part of the agenda. Also, threes, if they're not careful, can lose sight of, of taking care of other people. They can lose sight of, of uh, um, so focused on, on proving their own worth and value that they can lose sight of the connections that are so important to them. And sometimes those relationships uh, can go on hold while they're over-focused on whatever their agenda is for the time. And really, when you think about it, of course, life is about relationships, and it's about doing something meaningful and important. Okay, so we want to take a second and just look at a couple of, a paragraph, okay? And just unpack it a little bit. And this comes from uh, Chestnut's book on, on Type 3, where she talks about some of the key patterns, and she mentions, you know, for example, automatically shape-shifting automatically shape shape-shifting in order to you know appear or to be wonderful fantastic um, to the people that you are uh, interacting with she says observe how you naturally shape-shift um, continually adapting to different people in different situations so I think that's an interesting thing if you know you're a type 3 is that true of you do you find yourself doing that do you find yourself continually like reading a room, like figuring out what people admire, figuring out what people appreciate, figuring out what 
figuring, I can't speak, figuring out what people approve of, and then do you feel compelled to sort of like present yourself in that way? So let's say you're with a bunch of people that, that appreciate and approve of comedy, laughter, hilarity, and so you're with those people, do you become much more like them than you normally would be? When you're with people that really value reverence and respect and silence and solitude, when you're with people that, that, that approve of and admire success and accomplishment and achievement, do you feel yourself compelled to like share your success, accomplishments and achievements and to look the best of whatever that version is. Do you notice that about yourself? I I'm just interested, I don't know. I mean, all of us, I guess, do this to some degree. I'm sure even as a seven that I, I pick up on this and I do this, but obviously this isn't you know my chapter, this is your chapter. Do you think you do this? Let me just read that again. Observe how you shape shift naturally. Do you enter a room, read the room, and then kind of like mirror back to the people the energy that's in that room. So supposedly threes are really good at this, uh, that they have this radar that can just kind of pick up on well, what is appreciated, what is approved, what is acceptable, and what is not, and then I need to avoid that, I can't be like that around these people. Um, that PR kind of person, you know, that just is aware of how this is going to sell or how this is not going to sell. Like this is going to flop, so I'm not going to present in this way. Just speaking about that in those terms, like presenting in a way, I don't think most of us, other types, even think in that way very much that we're presenting to people. Um, in fact, it would probably be better if the rest of us did think a little more about this, like how we are coming across and how we are presenting and maybe we're not presenting the kind of image to these people that we really want. Um, I should probably be more careful in how I'm coming across, but because I'm, my impulses are very different than yours. And so when I'm impulsed, it usually means I'm oversharing or taking over the room or, you know, making cracks about things that I think are funny that maybe aren't appropriate and um, I need to watch my impulses. Just notice this, is this an impulse for you? Do you pick up on this? It's not a bad thing. You know, it's not a bad thing. To, the ability to walk in and kind of read a room and know what's going to sell and know what's not going to sell, that is definitely not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It's just, does it control your life? Do you find it controlling you? Do you find it limiting you? Um, is there is there something that you wish to express that you feel like you can't express because I don't know how it's going to come across and I need these people to like me. I need these people. Do you need people to like you? Maybe you wouldn't say it that way. Maybe you would say it in a different way. Do you need people to like you or do you need people to approve of you or do you need people to admire you? Maybe you wouldn't say it that way at all. I mean, I'm not a three, so I don't really fully understand what it's like to be a three, but that sense of like, I don't want to be an embarrassment. I don't want to embarrass myself. Oh, honey, you're embarrassing yourself. Which, by the way, is one of the best comebacks you can ever you can ever give somebody when they say, oh my goodness, your face is so ugly. You're like, oh, honey, you're embarrassing yourself. And threes, I think, don't want to embarrass themselves. Um, again, very over-focused on what they think about me, on how they are perceiving me. Are they making me feel special? Am I making them feel special? 
that whole concept of like making people feel special, once you get out of twos and threes and fours, I mean, I, I don't think the rest of us really think like that. Like I want to make somebody feel special or I want to feel special. But when you really think about it, I mean, I guess we all kind of want to feel special. It's just, it's not, it's definitely not, it's definitely not my problem. Um, Okay, so continually adapting to different people and situations. Again, that's not a bad thing. That can be a great thing. There's no wonder that you can, you can become so successful continually adapting your presentation in order to fit the audience that you're speaking to. Um, realize, though, that like who, who would not do that? Who would not be willing to do that? Uh, right next to you, the four. That's the first person that comes to my mind. Is type fours continually adapting in order to fit the audience or the people you're speaking to? Aren't fours kind of the opposite of that? Like, I need to be true to myself even if, even if it excludes me away from everybody. I must be true to myself even though it differentiates me away from everyone. And I think there's an argument there on that line between three and four that maybe we could, you could both work to balance a little bit. Like fours, you do need to pay attention to how you're presenting and coming across because when you try to reach these goals and you haven't presented yourself well, don't be surprised when you're overlooked. And threes, you could shake hands with the four and say, you know, it does, I do need a core. I do need to know my core and I do need to reach down there. And I need to realize at times what really matters to me and not be willing to always shape shift. Uh, what are my convictions? You know, what are my convictions? What is essentially me and what would I not be willing to give up or substitute in order to be in relationship with people or in order to be thought of, to be known as, there's a big difference between being successful and being known as successful. There's a big difference between being loving and being thought of as a loving person. Huge difference between being a great guy and being thought of as a great guy. Which one are you more concerned with? Are you more concerned with being known as uh, or actually being? And that three, lean over to that four a little bit and know yourself. Like what really matters to me? What would I not be willing to adjust in order to get along with people or in order to be perceived, you know, as a good guy or a successful guy. Um, notice uh, if without thinking about it, that's key right there. Without thinking about it, you read your audience and get a sense of what they, they value and what they identify with. Just notice, is that does that come really natural to you? Maybe you've never thought about this with yourself. If you are a three and you're hearing this for the first time, this may be a revelation to you like, wow, I didn't even know I did that. Doesn't everybody do this? And clearly we don't, because don't you see examples many times throughout your life where people, like they're not, they're not aware at all how they're coming across. They could care less. They could care less. They couldn't care less. They couldn't care less of how they're coming across. They just want their agenda known, or they just want their position made clear, or they just want to prove their point. And they're like, not aware at all as to like what the room is perceiving about them and like they should be more they should care more about that just notice like if you didn't know this about yourself i mean what does it mean to you now that you know this that you tend to over focus your attention on reading a room you do it without even thinking about it you just kind of know like how uh, how you should present 
And how does that change you? Does it change you? Do, do you then adjust yourself in any way in order to present in a way that this audience will find or this group will find more palatable and acceptable? Okay, maybe you do, maybe you don't. If you don't, why not? And if you do, um, to what expense of your own personhood is this um, compulsion? Maybe I didn't say that very well. It sounded smart, but I don't know that it made any sense. So let me go back and say that again. If your tendency is to continually, without even thinking about it, it's just your impulse, your compulsion, to just walk into a room, understand intuitively what people will appreciate and admire, and then adjust yourself accordingly to what personal expense does this does this tendency have to your own true identity you say well wait a minute maybe that is my true identity well that would be a good question that would take a lot more discussion um probably should do a class on that on on that well, anyway okay so where are we at um or take on the attributes of the ideal image of what they will consider valuable. So if you're in a group where everybody is weightlifters, if you're in a group where everybody is, you know, selling houses, being productive, uh, or you're with a group of football players, just notice that impulse within you to like be the best. And if I can't be the best, then what am I even doing here? Maybe I won't even participate. And I wonder how many things you've given up on your life that you could have enjoyed, but since you couldn't be the best at it or you weren't perceived as the best at it, you just stopped doing it. I remember coaching a, a, a guy a while back who I think it was tennis. You know, his wife was, was, was taking tennis lessons and he'd never played, never really played tennis before. And his wife's been taking tennis lessons for years. And so anyway, her coach asked him if he wanted to hit the ball around for a while. And so this three began hitting the ball around with the tennis coach. And he said, Tom, I felt immediately like I need to prove to this tennis coach that I'm a great tennis player. And I hustle and I run and I hit the ball back and like something within me, I just wanted to beat him. I wanted to win. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, okay, I get that, I guess, but this guy's a tennis coach and you don't play tennis. I mean, it's very reasonable to think that he should be able to beat me. Why can I not accept that? Why is that so difficult to accept? Well, I'm just not going to play tennis then. I'm not going to play tennis with somebody that's going to beat me. That fear of failure or that fear of looking foolish or that fear of looking silly, I wonder how many things it has stolen away from your life that you could have enjoyed. I wonder how many things you could have enjoyed if you would have just let yourself enjoy it and you didn't turn it into pushing yourself or overachieving or overcompensating. If you could have just ridden your bike with your family and enjoyed it and not turned it into a decathlon or, or training or I've got a... If you could just like be a person, just be a person. You remember you have a connection to nine, right? There's a line to nine. What would a nine say to you? Maybe a nine would say, hey, why all of this over effort to things? Can't you just be a regular guy? Can't you just be a person? No, I've got to overachieve. I've got to prove my worth and value. And the nine looks at you like, you really don't. I mean, you have worth and value already. Okay. All right. What else does she say? Let's finish this chapter. Watch to see if you tend to remain unaware of the subtle ways in which you shift your persona. 
okay, or the mask, or the exterior, or how you're interacting with everyone. Notice if you tend to shift continuously the way you interact in order to interact in a way that's more pleasing. And we all appreciate that. We all on the outside appreciate that, but I don't know that everybody that's really close to you is always gonna appreciate that. I think that that could create some problems. If the people that are really close to you, like your family, the people you can't get away from, the people that you can't escape from, you know, I think when they see that happening continuously, they might think, who is this person? Like, where's their soul? Do you have a soul in there? Where is that soul? What is it you really believe in? Like, are you, are you able to just give up your convictions so easily? And you can see why the, the passion or the sin of the three is deceit. Like, do you know the truth? Do you know what you believe? What, when you're with this group, you sound this way, but when you're with the other group, you sound a different way. And I think the people that are really close to you might be confused or could even become very upset or frustrated or angry or see you as a dishonest person. And I don't think that in any way you're trying to be a dishonest person. I think it's this stuff we're reading right here. And this is not necessarily the kind of work that most threes want to do. Like when a three comes to me for coaching, they tend to come, you know, essentially, how can I, how can I continue to crush my goals even more? Which is really just, I have these impulses that force me into this kind of way of operating. And how can I, how can I maximize those impulses so that they're even stronger in my life? And I, I don't think the Enneagram helps you focus more on your impulses so that they can become even stronger in your life. It really is going to challenge those impulses and say, what are these impulses to succeed in these few areas of my life? What are they robbing me of in the rest of my life? Like when I think of health, I think of balance. Do you have a balanced life? Good question. Do you have a balanced home life? Do you have a balanced community life? Do you have a balanced physical exercise? Do you have hobbies and interests that you enjoy? Do you have leisure and vacations and all of that? Are those ever a priority? Do you just have fun? Can you just have fun? Just like, what would you enjoy doing on your own? What would you find meaningful? What would you do if you're today, you were just going to take care of other people? If you had no thought or concern as to earning that badge or that award at the end of this, what would you do today? What would you do with your life? What, what, what do you really care about so much that you would work there for free and you would, you would continue even if you never got promoted? You love it so much. You're so passionate about it, you care about it so much that even if you could never be promoted, you would keep doing it because it's something you believe in. These questions are probably feel a little challenging. Um, and they should. And that's the kind of work the Enneagram, I think, is going to do for a three. And watch most threes like, no, nah, I'm done. No, thanks. Don't, don't care to talk about that. Um, all I know is I sold... $12,000 worth of whatever it was this last month. How can I double that, you know, six months from now? Okay. All right. It's great to be successful, but that doesn't mean you're a success. It's great to be successful. Successful just means you set a goal and you accomplished it. But was it the right goal? Um, and what if you made your goal to be a little less goal-oriented? What if you made your goal to like 
get better at letting yourself off the hook and relaxing and letting yourself do what is fun and enjoyable. And obviously, I mean, I'm a seven, so you can't, I can't help but, you know, import my own uh, values into all of these discussions. And whether I was a seven or a nine or anything else, I think it's just, it can be good for you as a three to hear advice from somebody who's not a three, somebody on the outside, like somebody who realizes the audience is, is maybe laughing at me, but I don't really care. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm doing what makes me happy. I'm doing what feels good to me, or I'm doing what's important to me. And if they don't get it, oh well. And it's not that that is always better than your orientation as a three. It's just, can you balance out a little bit? Just like I need to care more about how I'm coming across, maybe you could care less about how you're coming across and care more about living your personal convictions, if you know what they are. Okay, let's finish this up. Uh, confusing the persona with your true self. So notice that tendency to confuse the outside person or the mask, to over-identify with that mask. And of course, when you think of mask, you can see that word deceit right there, that actor wearing a mask, not being, not representing the true self to presenting the true self to everybody. And it just makes you ask that question, like what's underneath that mask? What's underneath all of those masks? Are there multiple masks? What's underneath there? And why do you think that we won't like that person that's underneath there? There's a certain sadness to threes in that they've kind of given up on, on, on their true self. Like I can't just be myself. If I was just myself, people would never think I was anything special. People would never, would never go out of their way to interact with me. If I was just myself, if I was just a person, if I was just that little brown mouse, then I wouldn't be special in any way and nobody would really seek me out or want a relationship with me. So I've got to give up on that self with this new improved version of myself. And yeah, that is astounding and that is amazing. You're doing great things. It's just, what about those people that want to be close to you? Who is the you that they're trying to be close to? Do you know yourself? And maybe we would love you just fine. Um, I don't know if I can tell you exactly what to do to correct this. I don't know that you can correct it. I mean, the Enneagram, you're going to read book after book after book. You're never going to read fix yourself. You're always going to read observe yourself. Do you do this? Do you do, do you have a tendency to, to act in this compulsion or this impulse? What is it costing you? Can you push back a little bit against it? Can you realize in the moment, oh, I'm doing that thing. There I go again, kind of evaluating how people are perceiving me and I'm and I feel like I feel that impulse to impress them I feel that impulse to to wow them or drop names of who I know or what I know or how amazing I am and then get to laugh at yourself and say oh my goodness I'm I'm such a 3 I'm a 3 that's doing those three things again can I relax this impulse a little bit? Can I, can I take a deep breath and say, what if I'm fine the way I am? What if I have value already? What if I'm already fantastic? And I don't need to prove that. In many ways, I think it would be fantastic if you didn't feel like you needed to prove how fantastic you are. If you were just, you know, could relax that impulse a little bit, push back on it, and um, truly be yourself. 
Like, who is that yourself? And so the last, the last statement she has on this paragraph is, in light of this tendency, begin, ask yourself, begin asking yourself who you really are. Who you really are. And look, right next to you, type four. Type four. Who are you really? And um, pushing into that can be a, 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 a fantastic process. And I think once you start down this road, you're really starting down that road for true self-awareness and true self-expression. Not just how are people perceiving me, but am I really being true to, to myself? And that's a good place to begin for a type three. All right, guys, thank you and wish you the best as always and, and be present to life.